What is up, guys? Welcome back to the episode of The Third Out. We're about three weeks late on this one. You know, me and Bryson both got hit pretty hard with life here. You know, two college students. You know, got hit with homework. Bryson had to come home. I had to go on a military mission. But we are back. Episode 72. It's crazy. I was just trying to figure out, you know, how many episodes we've done. 72. That's wild. But we got a pretty packed show for you today. Baseball's back. Spring training started today for almost everybody or everybody today sorry for some yesterday but yeah we got the nl west spring training here bryson you know it's been three weeks how you been i have actually been pretty good and you know you talked about is before the show what a time to get slammed because we really didn't miss any news i don't think like nothing really happened in the world of baseball in the past few weeks kind of we got done with the free agency and then it was just kind of this long pause waiting for spring training, and now spring training's here, so now we got stuff to talk about again. Yeah, I mean, the, really the only piece of news, I guess you could say, that really comes to mind that we haven't talked about since the last episode was Luke Voigt getting signed to the Brewers. I mean, that's really the only signing I remember, or it, news in general, that's happened. Yeah, that's not even, I mean, that's, that's big for the Brewers. I don't feel like that's big for anyone else. Yeah, and it was a minor league deal too, so it doesn't. It, he was invited to you know big league spring training. Yeah, no surprise there. But I mean, a minor league deal doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. Yeah, well, there's a lot of minor league deals that have kind of shocked me recently. A lot of players getting signed to minor league deals that kind of make me scratch my head and question. You know, are they not going to make the MLB team? We're going to talk about some of those guys here today. That's for sure. Yeah, so let's go ahead and hop into spring training here. Uh, I know we talked a little bit before the game or before the episode today. You haven't been able to watch a whole lot, but there's a big piece that I think is going to, you know, change or obviously is going to change the game dramatically. That's the pitch clocks. Yeah. The first two games ended in, I think, two hours and like 35 minutes and two hours, 37 minutes, which that is crazy. And this is, this is spring training where you have a ton of pitching changes too, constantly. Yeah. Slows it down. Yeah. I mean, you got what? I think it's 15 20 seconds in between pitches the batter has to be in the box ready to go at eight seconds uh we saw that at the end of the red Sox uh game i yeah. think it yeah today i don't remember who they were playing uh but yeah the pitcher or the batter wasn't in the box ready to go and automatic strike three ended the game or ended the ninth inning with a tie game to send it to extras with bases loaded full count so it's going to be crazy to see how these uh, rule changes affect the game. That one's obviously going to be the biggest rule, uh, biggest effect on the game. Nice. You know, you got the shift change and bigger bases. But, yeah, the pitch, pitch clock's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, I did see Manny Machado got uh, one of those strikes early in his at-bat, in his first at-bat as well. I think that was the first he one did. called. I, I did get to see that. But that was kind of a non-consequential one, like first pitch of the game or first pitch of his at-bat. Um, kind of... That sort of thing. But do you think this is, like, it's happened a lot today, obviously. A lot of people getting used to it. Do you think it's going to calm down before the regular season hits? I think it will calm down a little bit. I think the players will adjust to it. I don't think the players are necessarily going to like it. Uh, I think there's, it's still going to happen throughout the regular season. They're obviously going to argue it and stuff like that. 
but I think I think it'll cool down. I think they'll figure out. Hey, I can't be. I mean, the same kind of thing happened a few years ago when they made it to where you had to have a foot in the box at all times, unless you're getting called over or there's a time being called. You know, it took a little bit of adjustment with that. Obviously, this is totally different than that. Um, you have to be in there eight seconds prior to the pit or on the pitch clock. But yeah, I think it'll set down a little bit. It's obviously still going to happen throughout the year as players adjust. But I don't think uh, a lot of players have a problem with it. I haven't heard many people complain about it as a whole. Even fans, I haven't heard many complaints about it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to help you know us a lot. We go to baseball games, you know, all through the summer. And I mean, I remember last year we were up in New York and we were out there for nine hours sitting through two games and 95 degree weather. I mean, if that could turn into for two games, if that can turn into five hours, I'm all for it. Now, I think to the minor leaguers will have a big advantage here. These these guys are used to it. It's going to be the big leaguers that have really struggled with with it. Um, Although that, you know, you mentioned the Braves game that ended on this violation. That was basically a bunch of guys who played in the minor leagues last year, and it still seemed to catch them off guard a little bit. So, Yeah, it's going to take some getting used to, as well as one that I haven't seen too much more or too much on is the shift change. I'm yeah. curious to see how this is going to affect, uh, you know, players getting hit or players uh, getting hits. Um, I know Joey Gallo would have, you know, benefited from this dramatically last yeah. year, especially yeah. in his time in New York. But, yeah, it'll be interesting. There's going to be a whole lot more hits, a whole lot more offense. Game's going to be moving quicker. I I think it's an exciting time to be a baseball fan. Yeah. The shift one, I think, is going to take a while to realize what's happening. We have to Mm -hmm. kind of wait for some stats to accumulate here before we can notice a difference. Mm -hmm. But Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And then, you know, the smallest – or I think the smallest change is with the larger bases. I mean, it's going to help a little bit with – uh, stolen bases and stuff like that, but I don't think they're, you're going to be able to no- notice, you know, a big impact on that till you know later on you start looking at stats and such. Yeah, exactly. It's towards the halfway point or end of the year when we start to look at you know stolen base numbers compared to last year and stuff like that. Nothing's really going to happen here, I don't think. Ready to talk about the National League West? Yes. Yeah, we can hop into that here now. We can start off with the Padres. You know, who, who are you excited to watch in the Padres this spring training? I know you got some people down here. Yeah, so the first person I have down here actually is a guy that I really hadn't heard of, and but a guy that I heard some stuff from Bob Melvin and some other people talking about. That is Jackson Merrill. He's apparently a 19-year-old, which is kind of crazy, but he's a shortstop, and he went three for three today. So that was it when he got pulled in for Xander Bogarts after Bogarts was pulled out, but Obviously, I don't think there's really much room for him in a starting lineup spot, but he could be a very nice piece on the bench, but he's only 19 years old, so I don't know. There's a lot of excitement around him one way or the other. Yeah, I did notice, notice that there was a lot of excitement around him. You know, three for three, you know, first you know, kind of big league action is, yeah. is always going to be a good look. Um I mean, whether he starts the starts the season up at the big league level or if he's getting going to get called up, I mean that's always very encouraging to see. Yeah. Now we do have uh, Tatis getting ready to make his spring training debut in the next week as well. That'll be exciting. Yes, that's going to be very exciting. There, um, you know, there was questions 
you know, from the outside, you know, questioning how he's going to be received in the locker room, you know, from his, from the way he handled his injury to his suspension, you know, how he was making excuses for his suspension at the beginning and all that. But, you know, it seemed to kind of settle down. I think this team's going to be excited to have, you know, the superstar back. You know, this team's loaded without him. And then you add Tatis into that lineup. I mean, I would be, I'd be excited if I was in that clubhouse getting a superstar like that back. Yeah. Now, speaking of locker room chemistry, I do believe I read something the other day about Manny Machado making some statements or possibly his agent. I don't know who this came from, but he is apparently very likely to opt out of his contract at the end of this season. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is at the end of the season. You know, I believe that I believe it came from him and it said, I, I don't, quote me on this but it was something along the lines of there's a lot of money out there okay whether that's from the Padres or if he wants to go back to the Dodgers Yankee you know all these teams with huge uh you know money to give out or him just realizing that he thinks he can get more than what he's getting currently exactly yeah so I wouldn't read too far into it you know players opt out all the time yeah uh, it's just odd though for to, to state that a year ahead of time though going into the season yeah, that that it seems to be the wrong time for it to come out, especially with a team with World Series aspirations like them. I mean, that's not really something you want to start the season off with is having a rift in the locker room with your guys. Yeah, because now if you go through this season and you have a terrible year, now you're in a bad position because you've already stated you want to opt out, and then you may decide that's not not what's really best for you, and then it, it could create a whole mess and – Anyway, not maybe the greatest statement, but he said it one way or the other, or that came out. But yeah. another out. question, yeah, another question for the Padres is the starting outfield. So we got Soto, you got Grisham out there. Eventually, you'll get Tatis, but until you get Tatis, it's a big question mark as to who fills in uh, right field. Apparently, Soto is going to be playing left field, so who fills in in right field? We got some possible names, but this is just kind of what to watch for in spring training to see who, which of these guys can really take charge. We got Matt Carpenter, Adam Engel, Jose uh, Azucar, David Dahl, and Brandon Dixon. Obviously, Matt Carpenter is the big name there, but watching him in spring training, what are you looking for for Matt Carpenter? I think you just kind of got to look. You're looking at a solid DH piece with Matt Carpenter, I think. Yeah. Or I don't want to say solid, an above average. You know, he only played, what, about 40 games last year for the Yankees? Yeah. Yeah, so he's only played about 40 games. Did he play at all uh, in 2021? Uh, Yeah, just not well. Yeah, I would say I knew he either played, didn't play well or didn't play at all. Yeah, so a 40 game is a small sample size if you're looking, especially with his age. So you're looking, I think that's kind of the ceiling for him is a good to above average DH piece. I wouldn't want him to be an everyday outfielder, even if it is just for a short period of time till Tatis gets back. Yeah. So then you're looking for some of these other guys to start stepping up here in spring training. I know David Dahl was playing, I believe today. I don't know who else got in, but yeah, they're basically that's, that's a bunch of guys to keep your eye on to try to see who's going to pull that third spot out. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. Matt Carpenter did not did not play today. I don't believe. Yeah, I don't think he's going to play a whole lot during yeah. spring training. Yeah, they had uh, they had Nelson Cruz in the DH spot today. Now, oh, behind I, the plate, 
Yeah. I totally forgot Nelson Cruz was the Padre. Yeah. Also, that's another reason to try to get Matt Carpenter in the outfield as much as possible. Yeah. I tell you. It's two DHs, basically. Their roster is so puzzling to me. Yeah. I mean, I, it's so it's going to be so hard to – until opening day, you're ne- there's going to be a different lineup every day. And in, until, you know, uh, Tatis comes back, we're still not even going to see it. Yeah. Now, the one thing you could get with Nelson Cruz and, you know, Matt Carpenter is one's a righty, one's a lefty. You can play the matchups. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe try to work Carpenter in the outfield as much as possible, too, on top of that. I mean, I, I feel like that's he, what we're looking at. Yeah. I mean, he didn't play horrible in the outfield when he had to play those few games for the Yankees. Great, But – I mean, he had never played in the outfield in MLB before, has he? Oh, uh, he had a little bit in St. Louis. Yeah, so he was always know. utility. Yeah. Uh, but then, so on top of that, like, if you have Matt Carpenter out there, you got Trent Grisham, who's an amazing defender in center field, but you have Soto, who's a terrible defender in left field. So you're just you're you're lining, you know, great great defense up the middle, and then terrible defense on the corners. That's Probably not the greatest position to be in. I think you want at least two of the three outfielders to be more athletic guys. Yeah. So and another reason Matt, to keep an eye on those young guys. Yeah, Matt Carpenter is not fit the athletic mold at this point in his career. Yeah. So uh, another prospect to keep your eye on is uh, Luis Camposano, and he is kind of a guy who's been around for a while as one of their top prospects or one of their upper prospects uh, catcher, and they really need him to break out because I'm – I think I'm not the only one, but there's a lot of concern for them at catcher. Austin Nola is all right, but I, you know, it'd be nice to have a top prospect come up and do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Luis, his main concern is mainly just knowing how to run the game. Like he's been all right defensively, offensively, he's got a good upside, got a good arm, but it's just you know running the game, calling pitches, earning the trust of the pitchers is kind of holding him back at this point. So that's something to watch for in spring training. I think he'll get some opportunities to do that. Yeah, I think you will too. I mean, yeah, like you said, he's been around a while. He's kind of getting to the point where you're either going to figure out he's going to break out or he's not. Yeah, I don't. So, but, yeah, but this next month or so will be a great time to you know sit down, and really evaluate him, and watch him. You know, if he's going to be the guy or not. Yeah. Now, the main concern for me with this team is the rotation. And that's a lot of age. I don't really know if that's something to watch out for in spring training. No, yeah, spring training you don't. You probably won't really look at that too much. Yeah, because I mean, it seems like there's going to be pitchers every every inning in yeah. spring training. And then there's there are a lot of concerns in the bullpen as well. But again, you can keep an eye on that in spring training. But it's hard to list all of those guys. It's just kind of hoping that some guys start stepping up there. Really. Mm-hmm. Dodgers? It's going to be a new-look Dodgers team this year. Yeah, very true. Dustin May could be a big part of it this year. I feel like Dustin May is one of those guys, there's a lot of these guys, who we've had a lot of hype around for a long time, and I've just never, it's just never come to be. Nothing's ever come from it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it seems like every year, you know, they're, they're ta- or at least early on, you know, about this time, they're talking about how he's going to be really good, how he he may, you know, break out. But like you said, it just hasn't happened yet. 
But, I mean, maybe this year is different. Maybe this year is the year that he, he does break out. Yeah. He's still young. He's 25 years old. But he's a guy who's been trying to break out in the MLB since he was 21. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's been a while. Yeah, 2019. And he's never he's never made it more than 12 games in a year. Yeah. I mean, never never more than 56 innings. Yeah. I, I mean, 25 is so is still extremely young. So, I mean, he still has time. It's just like, is he starting to lose confidence? Or uh, who knows what it is. Yeah, it's not like he's been sent to the minor leagues or anything. It's just him being unable to stay healthy and stay on the field. Like, yeah. he's been good when he's been in the MLB as far as I'm aware. So, like, looking at his numbers, like, in 2020 and 2021, he had 2.57 and a 2.7 ERA. That's not something you're really, you know, concerned about performance-wise or confidence-wise. It's just him staying on the field. So, mm-hmm. you that's something you'd watch for in spring training. If, if he looks healthy and, and good – then that could that could mean a lot for this team this year. Yeah, especially with a team that you know has potential to lose pitching this offseason. Yeah, Jason Hayward was brought on and talks about him having a new swing. Now he was a guy who signed a minor league deal. Talked about mm-hmm. this at the beginning of the show. These these guys who signed minor league deals, surprisingly, he's one of them. You think he can make the MLB roster? I think he can. Um, I think he may be one of those guys that, you know, one of the veterans, because this team's going to be very young or has potential to be extremely young. Yeah. They're going to need guys, you know, who's been around a while, who's been in the league, knows how to be a pro, you know, really show these young guys, you know, what it's like to be in the league. I think he could take on that kind of role for this Dodgers team. I don't think he's going to play as super often. Um, He may at the beginning, you know, until these younger guys kind of get their footing. But I think by the end of the year, I don't think he will play much, but I think he'll still be on the roster. Yeah. Uh, he could also be a guy who comes up, if somebody gets injured, he could come up at that point in the year. He can be a guy who comes up late in the year to provide some depth. Also, yeah. Trace Thompson's up here. I, I mean, I know he was really solid when he was in last year, but is he a guy, is Trace Thompson a guy that we expect to be a starter? Because he's really the only one above Jason Hayward on the depth chart right now. So, Yeah. I mean, he's... He's a guy that's it's been up and down throughout his entire career. Yeah. So and then Chris Taylor in left field, we could say, is in front of him on the depth chart. But then Chris Taylor is not even like he may he may get some time in the infield. So Jason Hayward could find his spot on the MLB roster to begin with. I don't know if he would be a starter though. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he may be a starter. You know, at the beginning, but I there's no way he lasts as a starter. Yeah, you know, even a third of the of the season. Yeah, but hopefully this, if you know, he's got this new swing worked out, that'll provide some production for him, and he can do some stuff with that. Now, Noah Syndergaard, he is making some progression and looking pretty good. I think they're kind of reworking some things with him there, and that could be a big addition for them as well. Could be a nice piece in the rotation. Keep an eye on that. Look for changes in his mechanics and what he does in spring training. I think. Uh. There's obviously the hype around Miguel, excuse me, yeah, the hype around uh, Miguel Vargas, the young guy coming in. This is a big piece of them trying to revamp their infield. It's This is a lot of pressure on a young guy. And, again, spring training is going to be the time to see if he actually can, you know, fulfill 
make good on that make good on the hype here yeah i mean that that's another guy that you know we're kind of excited to see see come up there's a lot of, a lot of younger players coming up from the from the minors this year that should be very exciting to watch he, he's one of them yeah and then looking for a bounce back from max muncie that could I don't know if that's something you're going to want to spot in spring training, but that's something that is very crucial for this team going forward. Yeah. I mean, spring training could be, you know, kind of a stepping stone in that, you know, kind of get his groove on because he started off the year awful last year. Yeah. I, it, he, he led the league in strikeouts for a while, didn't he? Yeah. Or was down there. Yeah. He was always up there in strikeouts. Yeah. Now, they did have some more moves that I think must have happened in the last three weeks, kind of when we uh, when we were kind of taken off in the podcast. They got David Peralta, and they got Alex Reyes. These are kind of some underrated moves, maybe. David Peralta, I don't know if he really has a place to fit, but he is a good addition, and there's nothing wrong with getting another good piece if nobody else is going to sign him. They didn't pay a lot for him, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, I didn't really, I totally missed these moves as well. So. And then Alex Reyes was the other one. I think Alex Reyes could potentially be a better player, but the thing is Alex Reyes is injured and will not be back until June or July. So that'll be a great late-season addition for this team. I mean, that's just a one-year deal. You're only paying a million dollars for it. I say only a million dollars, as if that's not a lot of money. But, yeah. you know, oh. in terms of what these teams are spending on star players, for yeah. what he know. is to a bullpen, yeah. Yeah, I mean, exactly. that, I mean, that's kind of a steal. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're going to be honest here, I mean, that's, he could have got a lot of money, or I don't want to say a lot more, but he could have gotten more money somewhere else. Yeah. The thing for him is, again, just not being back until June or July. Yeah. And you're coming back off an injury after that amount of time. Are you even going to be the same? Mm-hmm. Is it going to take you time to get back? So it's a it's a it's it's an amount of money that they put in. And it's not going to bring them anything. It's not something to watch in spring training, but it is something to keep an eye on or just keep in the back of your head. Halfway through the year, he's going to come up and could be an enormous boost for this team. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, Giants. Oh, yeah. Another interesting team. I did see, I think it was Sports Illustrated or somebody had a projection of basically the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Giants all being pretty much identical and having almost, not quite, but just a very tight run for this division. I can see two teams out of that being true with the Padres and the Dodgers. I don't see the Giants being in that conversation. Yeah. The Giants never cease to surprise, but I wouldn't project them like that at the beginning of the season. I don't think it's right to do that. So Giants have some uh, interesting things they're trying to sort out. They have David Villar, who could be taking the starting job at third base. Basically, he came into third. He came into spring training, and they told him this is how it's going to be. So he's got to figure that out. Um, kind of just filling in for Evan Longoria and what he did for them in years past. Yeah. They had the league's worst defense last year. They got to turn that around. Yeah, you're not going to be in a division race if you're leading or if you're the worst team on defense. And historically, this has been a very good defensive team. I mean, you got Brandon Crawford. you got a lot of guys who've always been good at defense. This is a team 
the coaching staff particularly, uh, I think, has really prided themselves on defense. Yeah. If you look on YouTube, they have a lot of instructional videos and stuff, and they have a big emphasis on being able to do that. And it was just just didn't happen in 2022, and they're going to have to turn it around here. Be interesting yeah. to see what they do. Joey Bart, on the other hand, uh, behind the plate, question mark, could be somebody else. I know there's a lot of frustration with Joey Bart, but again, there's just not a lot of options here for what goes behind the yeah. plate. Now, is he, do you, is that, there may be a trade, you know, to get somebody better back there because you're right. There's not a whole lot of options in their farm system or even on the free agency market for an upgrade there. But yeah, Joey Bart's been very disappointing, I think. Yeah. I don't know if uh, you're going to do a trade anytime soon. That's not something yeah. you're going to worry about until halfway through the year, just kind of to yeah. see how things pan out. Because you're not sure if you're a team that's going to be at that level. Um, it's going to want to go out and get something at this point in the year. Yeah, that is true. But that said, the catcher is kind of the guy who everything rides upon. Like, if if you don't have a good catcher who's not, you know, a guy who's not trusted by his pitching staff, that affects the whole team. That may be the one thing that keeps you back from being in contention halfway through the year. So, again, I don't think you want to work a trade for that. I don't think that's something you can do now. But I think it is a massive missed opportunity throughout the offseason, especially with as many catchers as we saw moving around. Yeah. I, I'm shocked they didn't bring somebody in there, you know, to kind of, you know, compete with him, push him along a little bit. Yeah. Because, I mean, that may just be what he needs. Because, I mean, he knows there's – I mean, I don't want to say – I mean, there's not anybody behind him to really push him, you know, to be better. Yeah, he's been he's been disappointing really since he's came. You know, he came came on the scene. You know, he's highly touted. You know, everybody thought he was gonna be really good. And supposed to never, take Buster Posey's place. Exactly, he's supposed to take. But you know, there's got to be some sort of I don't want to say stress level, but there's got to be some sort of responsibility coming from behind Buster Posey. I mean, you never want to be the guy directly behind a legend like that. But you would think that there would have been some sort of coaching. Like there was enough overlap, right, for these two guys to get on the same page, have some conversations, something like that. Yeah. And that just didn't seem to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it it's got to be tough. But yeah, I I think that's they just got to get find somebody to kind of compete with them and kind of push them better because the talents I think is there. I mean, he had shown that it was there. He's just, once he got to the MLB level, it just hasn't translated. Yeah. Now, another minor league deal, kind of similar to the Jason Hayward, Steven Piscotty signed to a minor league deal. Now, I, I liked Piscotty. He was very good with the Cardinals for a while. He went to uh, Oakland and kind of just got lost there. Went through a bunch of things in life, just as, in general. I think he stepped away maybe for a little while. And he was solid. I thought he was a solid MLB player. Mm-hmm. I thought he had the ability to be more than that, and he was struggling to, you know, pick it up a little bit. That could have just been in, being in Oakland. But, yeah, he gets signed to a minor league deal here. It's kind of unfortunate for him. But can he make something out of that? That's something to watch for in spring training, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially with these younger or older guys, you know, that kind of, 
you know, are looking to bounce back their careers, you know, spring training is always a good place to, you know, kind of get the ball rolling with that. Yeah. Injuries have also been a problem for him. Yeah. And then a terrible 2022 season, he only hit a batting average of 190 through about 70 games. But, yeah, kind of just as soon as he left St. Louis, things just started going down more and more throughout his time. He's 32 years old. So, you know, he's not totally washed up at this point, but it could be a situation where it just changes scenery and he finds something, changes his swing a little bit, works something out. He could be a good asset to this team. If not, it's a minor league deal. You're not hurt by it, I don't think. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, a minor league deal, you just never call him up, or you do, you know, very limited, not quantity. Yeah. And the the Giants did add a good bit in the outfield. They added Mitch Hanager and Michael Conforto. Mm-hmm. You got, you know, Yastrzemski out there as well and Jock Peterson. So yeah. it's not like they're hurting for outfield depth or anything at this point either. No. So you're comfortable there. The rotation bouncing back is something to watch for. Mm-hmm. Got to see early on in spring training if like guys like Disclafani are able to find it, you know, because they weren't last year. Alex Cobb didn't have it last year. Alex Wood, Ross Stripling, Sean Manea, these are all guys. Ross Stripling was all right last year, but the point is like they've got a lot of proven starters who had not so great years in 2022, and spring training is going to be the time. Well, we may be able to find out if they're going to have it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Diamondbacks. Yeah, Diamondbacks. What, what's there to say about the Diamondbacks here? Uh, I mean, it's not another young team. Yeah. Another yeah. young team that looks to be promising. Not yet, but it, it should be promising. Yeah. I think one more year and this rotation is going to be amazing. They have yeah. so many young guys. Like we're talking like 25 year old guys who are incredible players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just going to, this is going to be their first full season of MLB work. And you don't know what you're going to get with that, you know? Yeah. Now I think this by the top, this can be very similar to the Marlins. Yeah. And pitching, you know, th- this year you're going to get a little bit of a sample size, what it can, can be. You know, they're, they're young, they're going to go through some growing pains, and then next year, I think they're really going to put the league on notice. Yeah. And so as of right now, the way they're sitting, which is kind of unfortunate, and I hope this changes honestly, they have Zach Gallon as the ace. There's no changing that. No. Merrill Kelly's probably going to stay in there. He's number two. Madison Bumgarner, can he turn it around? Because he has not been good. No, which has kind of been surprising. But they're kind of saying that he's a lock as a three. They're also saying that Dak Davies is a lock as a four, and I'm not so sure I'm a big fan of that. Uh, Zach Davies basically sitting with an ERA of about four, 4.07 last year. Um, but then you got all these young guys who have seemed to have great potential fighting for one spot. I would like to see them at least be fighting for two spots. You got Tommy Henry, Ryan Nelson, uh, Dre Jameson, and maybe. Maybe somebody else, Brandon Fatt or somebody else down there, but I don't know. There's a lot of young, amazing talent, I think, that is fighting for just one spot, and I think that's a, that's a little bit of a stretch. Maybe somewhere through the season, you know, if, if Zach Davies or Madison Bumgarner is, is struggling or gets injured, that opens up a door, but yeah. I would, 
watch these young guys in spring training to see if they're as legit as I think they are. Maybe they're not, but I think they could take off. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think they have a lot of potential here. Uh, I mean, they yeah, it, I really think they should be fighting for two spots too. I mean, especially with how shaky you know the middle of that rotation has been. You would think that. I don't. They'd move off one of these older guys and let one of these younger guys kind of compete for a spot. I mean, yeah. Maybe, the, maybe they will at some point in the year. Maybe they don't want to have two really young guys in the rotation to start off the season. But it would make more sense to have them fighting in the middle of this or at the beginning of the season. You know, if they don't have it, you know, send them back down. Then in the in the middle of the season when you're already, yeah. You know, fifty, sixty games in. Yeah. Another issue they have on the bullpen side is they don't have a designated closer. It's no longer Mark Melanson's job because he did not look great last year. Um, so, you know, where does it go then? Because they got Andrew Chafin, they got Joe Mattaply, Miguel Castro. It could it could go anywhere, but that's just something they're going to have to sort out throughout spring training. Is who's going to be taking, you know, who's going to be taking the close? Or is it going to be a rotation of guys? You know, when does when does each guy come in? Like, what is his time where he's best then? So that's the next question there. Mm-hmm. Also have to figure out if Cattell Marte is going to bounce back. He is – that's a big star. Yeah. I would – he's too good not to. I mean, he had, he's way too talented not to bounce back. One of the best second basemen in the league, I think. Yeah, I, I – and I think his talent and uh, the impact kind of goes goes to the weight side because he's on you know in Arizona you know he's on the West Coast in a smaller market team so he he doesn't get the attention that well, uh, let's just say he played for you know another small market the Nationals yeah he would probably get and a lot more attention I think too like he made the All Star game was it 2019 maybe and then yeah, COVID hit. COVID hit, he was all right. And then the year 2021 hit and he was injured for half the year. He still played great, but he was, it was basically, he just got tagged as like that player who was always injured. And then 2022 comes back and he didn't come back looking like himself quite yet. So he's just kind of fallen by the wayside again. You know, after making the all-star game, he could have started to pick up some popularity, but then things just kind of took a turn with the injury and stuff after that. So, uh, Alec Thomas, the outfield, you know, this just a lot of young guys that we're watching, trying to see if these young guys come through, how they look. Because Alec Thomas is, you know, he's a he's a 21-year-old guy, 22 now. And he's just, you know, second year in the MLB as a 22-year-old. Yeah. Good luck, you know. But is it going to be better? How How is he going to improve? Like, I think it's going to be better. I think he can figure stuff out. Obviously, if you pulled him up and, had him starting at that age. He's got to have something for it. But, yeah, that's a hard, intense situation for him to be in. So just watch for some improvement in spring training. Yeah, you know, spring training's a great place to improve. You know, I've said it a bunch, bunch during this podcast. You know, a lot of people don't like spring training, but spring training's a, you know, you get a lot of these hiccups out. You let the young guys grow. You know, Alec Thomas is a good example of that. You know, you kind of let them, let them play through mistakes, let them learn. You know, these games don't matter. I mean, you have a month of just, you know, essentially playing every day, it seems like. Yeah. The Rockies, 
do they? I mean, they're probably they are by far the worst team in this division. You could argue this team's the worst in the league. It's going to be a rough year because I don't think they really have anything to compete for in the division. But they may have some things to watch in spring training, and not a whole lot. It's just kind of watching. You're not watching to see how the season's going to shake out because you you know may already know a little bit too much about that. You're watching for maybe a young star in the making. Mm-hmm. See what you got. That type of thing. Yeah, you're, you're looking for that. And then another thing, you're looking for a healthy Chris Bryant. Yeah. You signed him for this massive amount of money. And he, he played, what, 20 games last year? Yeah, not ideal. Like 30-something maybe. I don't know if that. Yeah, it, and when he did play, he was awful. Yeah. Which so, is to be expected when you play so little. But, you know. Yeah. Not ideal for the Rockies. Yeah, so. Yeah. Trying to justify the money they spent, and it turns out like that. Yeah, that deal wasn't looking too hot last year. But he, he seems to be healthy. He seems to be playing well. Granted, it's two days in. But yeah. it, it's nice to see him back in the batter's box, you know, playing. Yeah. Uh the other thing, basically, is we're keeping an eye on prospects, and here are some names to keep an eye on. you got Zach Veen, an outfielder. He's kind of been working with Brendan Rodgers and is getting some reps in with him. And he's the team's top prospect, top 30 in the MLB. Uh, they got Drew Romo um, getting some chances behind the plate. Hunter Goodman also getting some chances behind the plate. And then Grant Levine, uh, first baseman, kind of a, a hard spot to come through for this team, considering what they already have with CJ Crone at first base. But they did trade away Connor Joe, so some depth, whether you want to put him at DH or if you can put one of them in the outfield maybe. You know, you, you've gained some depth there. But basically you're just watching to see what these guys can prove in spring training. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing I'd have to say is we were talking about the rule changes at the beginning. Along with that, with the rule changes, we got the World Baseball Classic coming up in like two weeks. And a yeah. lot of the players here in spring training are going to be leaving to go join their national national teams. The rule changes do not apply at the World Baseball Classic. There will be no pitch clock. I don't know about the shift rule. I don't think, but I don't think there's going to be any shift rule. I don't know about the base size either, but I just I didn't know there's going to be no pitch clock at least. Yeah. Do you think this is a setback for some of the teams trying to adjust or some of the players specifically trying to adjust to these new rules? I think it can be. But, I mean, especially with these older players, I think it can be. Especially, uh, you know, the length of these games are going to be long. You know, they're going to be all, they're going to be competitive. You know, they're going to be wanting to, wanting to win. You know, they're going to be taking their time, making sure they're focused in there. Yeah, so, yeah, I could think it, it could be a setback for certain players. I don't think the pitch clock would be so much of a setback. I think the, the shift rule would be. As far as defensive players, mm-hmm. Having to get used to where they're standing on the field and just, you know, being comfortable staying in normal positions versus, you know, moving over to the outfield when you know the ball's going to be pulled at you a little bit harder, that type of stuff. I think that could create a little bit more of an issue. That's something that teams probably want to give their players more reps with, too. Yeah. Yeah. But looking back, I don't think there's tons of MLB players in the, in the classic. 
I mean, granted, you know you have Team USA. You got your stars. Yeah, you you got you got a handful. You know, I mean, I was looking at the rosters. There's some, there's some teams or players that I didn't, had no idea, like Team Israel. I yeah. had no, I had no idea how some of these people had Jewish heritage. Yeah, I I think that's the for to play for Team Israel. I think you only had to have like one grandparent that was Jewish or something like that. It was something. It was a stretch. That's what I remember. Yeah, I mean Anthony Rizzo, like he's his his link to Team Italy is uh, yeah. a little weak, but he's he's on their team nonetheless. But okay. yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of players that I didn't even think about. Being, being on there, trying to get the lineups pulled up real quick. It's gonna be fun to watch. So I am definitely looking forward to the World Baseball Classic. Don't give me. Oh wrong. yes, yes, I am too. But yeah, the, the it's gonna affect a lot of stars. I don't know, the depth of teams may not come into play as much. You got your random players yeah. here and there. Yeah. So. I don't know. Who knows what what it's going to end up being like? Uh, but I, I'm excited for it. I mean, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, just yeah. the trophy came out looks pretty cool as well. I have not seen that. I have to look at that as soon as we get off here. Yeah, it looks very similar to last or the last time they had it, just a little smaller scale. Okay. Nice. All right. So make sure, guys, to check out our TikTok and our Instagram. We got a uh, daily content coming over there going through top 10 relievers right now, and then we're going to start going into uh, previews for every team. After yeah. That. Yeah. Bryson's doing a great job getting TikToks pushed out for that. Um, you know, he's been active on those. I've been trying to get a little bit more active on the Twitter as well. That one's a little, a little bit more my speed. Bryson's kind of the content guy there doing a great job of that. Yeah. Make sure you check those out. Give us a follow. Does this mean I have to create a Twitter to follow us? I don't know why you don't have a Twitter to begin with. I don't know. Twitter is by far, the, you know, people are going to say what they want. But to, I think Twitter is by far the best social media. You may that, have missed me. I mean, you don't have to worry. You're not scrolling through, you know, with pictures and all sorts of stuff you don't want to see. You follow who you follow and you get things suggested that you're actually interested in. I mean, you scroll through my, I could scroll for, you know, 10 minutes at sports updates. That's it. Come back next week to see if Noah's pitch worked. And if I downloaded a TikTok or a, a Twitter. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're going to make a, yeah, we're going to make a poll on this episode as well on Spotify. If you, if you think he's going to get a Twitter or not, you know, make sure you vote on that. All right. Thank you guys for joining us. We will see you guys next week.